the empire is falling and Rome fell. You know, and, and to say that it can't happen to me is when it does happen to us. And even if you did everything right, you could do everything right. You don't know if some war breaks out and something happens. Welcome to the Health Quest Podcast, your guide to God's will for good health. Hi, my name is Dr. Sal, and I've been a practicing surgeon for over 30 years. And my goal for each episode is that you'll have your mind transformed to God's design for good health and affect your lifestyle in the way you eat and the way you live. If you're new here, and what we're going to do is release a new episode every week, and if you enjoy the content, would you please leave us a good review so that we can increase our ratings and reach out to more people. This way we can hopefully change their lives and bring them closer to God. Thank you for your support. In today's episode, you're going to basically see something that was caught behind the scenes um, before we actually did our first recording. And in it, we're going to be talking about some things that, of course, while I was ranting and raving, um, about the good news that the recording team was actually recording and filming this episode. I hope you enjoy the episode and have a wonderful day and God bless. Your battle is, is you're driving on the road and you're hungry and you're like, heck with it, I'll just grab a McDonald's or I'll grab a Subway or I'll try to eat healthy. Let me eat some chicken. So you go to Popeye's. Man, it's all crap. Now, when I was taking that trip across the country, here I am, I usually bring my own food every time. You know, I go to work, I, bring, I have all the stuff prepared the night before. I got my protein shake, you know. My grandfather, who lived to be 85 years old, smoked two packs of cigarettes a day, died of lung cancer. He had no health issues. And that one was a chef at Larco's when Larco's was a high-end Italian restaurant. They serve the best food, right? And he wouldn't even eat at his own restaurant. I said, why not? He says, it's dirty food. He had to use his own olive oil, which came from his own hometown in Sicily. He grew his own vegetables. He made his own homemade wine. It was, but when you see these guys, they had no diabetes, no hypertension. That's why when I was in medical school, I'm like, why do we keep talking about diabetes and hypertension? I've never seen it. Because it didn't run in my family because of lifestyle. But then when I got in the hospitals, I'm like, man, people are 55 years old and they got all these issues. And I'm saying, my, my family came from a location in the world, um, almost like when I was talking to Joshua earlier, that he took people to Italy. And over there, everything is organic. They won't allow American food. They don't allow the pesticides. They don't allow the preservatives like we have here in this country. And I brought that up to Peter Hutt, who was the head of the FDA for 32 years. I said, why do they have less than 100 chemicals in their soaps, detergents, uh, their farming industry, and we have well over 100,000? He says, well, it's a cultural difference. I'm like, you're African. You're not even a black American. You're African. And they don't use that stuff in these African countries. And if you're German or Polish, they don't do that in Germany or Poland either. 
So why do we, because it's cultural? What, what do you mean by that? Well, we got to preserve our foods and we have to, it, it, it's amazing. Like we were talking about, you don't even have to have to pasteurize milk today because now we have refrigeration. So then why do we still do it? So we keep adding and adding and adding and adding and adding and adding. Oh, oh, but this is for your protection. Yep, your protection. But what we've learned is it's considered safe as long as it doesn't affect you acutely. So we could go out tonight and we can go have a couple of drinks and party and we can all smoke a pack of cigarettes and say we're celebrating. They're going to say, wow, we smoked a pack of cigarettes tonight. We'll feel like crap the next day, but it isn't going to kill us. So I guess it's safe. That's according to government standards. If it doesn't kill you now, then it's safe to take. But what happens over 30, 40, 50 years of doing this, and you see the results. All this coloring that we're putting in the foods, you know, that makes up they look red or pink or orange. These colorings are actually toxic to our neurologic system. Is that the reason why we're seeing more and more of these neurodegenerative disorders and Alzheimer's is just skyrocketing? Now, you'd have a lot of, it's multifactorial. There's a lot of factors involved in that. But why is it that the average European outlives the Americans by three years? And, you know, we're saying we're living longer. We're not. We're actually living less, but we're using the term from the idea that by the 1970s, we were living longer than people were in the 1920s. Why? Number one killer in America in the 1920s, pneumonia. How did we solve that? Antibiotics. Okay? Cardiovascular disease, now we've got all these pills, but here's the point. The three things that really improved the medical health care was the advent of antibiotics, respirators, you get into a car accident and you get badly damaged, okay? We could save your life, but then you're too weak to even breathe on your own. So when you got you on a ventilator, which will breathe for you until you could recuperate long enough, and now you can live the rest of your life the way you want. Well, at least as long as the damage isn't such that you're maimed where you can't walk anymore. But even then, we could put you in a wheel. You see what I'm saying? And then vaccinations did help in certain infections, mostly smallpox. Because I will bring this up one day. I'm going to tell you a little story. And now you're going to see how the spirit works collectively. And this is where Carl Jung comes in. In 1929, 1930, we've elected a president who had polio. He was a cripple. Once he became president, he started coming in with the socialistic idea. Corporations failed us. That's why the stock market crashed, which isn't really the case. But he was convincing the American people that government needs to take control. He started regulating everything. Banks couldn't give loans out for people trying to start businesses. Government was in control of everything at this point. We need to take control. They messed everything up. But we were going through what? The Great Depression. Well, thank God he created jobs. He created these government jobs to build the, the Hoover Dam and these bridges. Okay, you got 9 million people employed in America. But what about the rest of Americans that were living in cardboard boxes? 
Without private industry, you can't grow. He was crippled. America was crippled financially. And polio was running rampant. No vaccines. Then we got into World War II. Now you got to remember, you're 17, 18 years old. You grew up in the Great Depression. You didn't have much. You were lucky if you had a bicycle by the time you were 16 years old. So you struggled. They sent the men off to war. 1941, we went off to war. By that time, we had penicillin transferred from England to the United States, heavily protected, heavily protected from German submarines because penicillin in any antibiotic was a weapon in your favor. Germany already had sulfur. So you get shot in the field and you hobble off and we get you to a hospital, right? We dress your wounds, but you could die from the infection from the wound. Now that we had penicillin, hey, you got it shot, you survived it, but we're gonna give you a shot of penicillin so you don't die of the infection post, you know, post-trauma, right? We got it to the United States. Now I'm going a little tangential, but stick with me. We get it to the United States, we bring it to New York. The one thing the United States had that no other country had was corn syrup which then was used as a sweetener in 1993, and this is one of the reasons why obesity, but that's another story for another day. We had corn syrup. Penicillin grows on a culture medium of sugar. So corn syrup. So we were putting them in barrels thinking that this penicillin would eat the corn syrup and multiply and we'd have more penicillin. It didn't work, right? Who did we get that came in that made corn syrup? It was a chemical company called Pfizer. They weren't a pharmaceutical company. They were a chemical company. So they took this corn syrup and they said, but we can grow it on top, but it's not, it's not eating all the corn syrup. You know, we're expecting the whole barrel to get eaten up by the penicillin and grow, right? So then they put a tube in there. Somebody, one of the chemists says, let's put a tube and blow oxygen because the top surface can get oxygen, but the bottom can't. So they bubbled oxygen, and then the penicillin grew to the bottom of the barrel. And by 1941, we had enough penicillin to support, you know, support the soldiers in Europe, right? Okay, getting back to the original story. We were crippled financially. We were in a Great Depression. We had a crippled president, and the people were all this you know, this depressed mind state. We're crippled. We crippled our minds. Okay, 1941 rolls around. Men are off to war. We got to get the women to work in the factories, right? Everything was rationed. You could only get two gallons of gas for your tank. The only people that could have a, a full tank of gas were ambulances and doctors to make house calls. That was it. What ends up happening? Polio was still going on in America. Now watch this. There was a woman, and she just died a few years ago. And she was Italian. American Italian, you know, parents were immigrants. She was working in a factory. And she was walking out of the factory. She was 19 years old at that time. And they said, hey, Rosie. Hey, this guy wants to take a picture, wants to put it in the paper. You know, could you pose for us? Does that remind you of an image? Mm -hmm. Rosie the Riveter. Mm -hmm. Here's a woman that flexes her arm. She was working in a factory. 
were in a war. They start posting this picture everywhere in America. What do you think happened to the mindset of America? Here's Mother America flexing her biceps. That's my mother showing how strong we are. And something fascinating happened. Polio started going down. Now you could say that it was herd immunity. We all got exposed to the virus. We you know, developed our immune system, right? Same thing with this whole thing with the COVID. Get exposed. The old people are going to die, but protect them. And there was ways to protect them naturally. Okay. And it was modulating your immune system. And that's through certain supplements that you can take. And if you're on a ketogenic diet, you couldn't die from a, from a, um, um, a cytokine storm. Fascinating, isn't it? But the, the media didn't talk about it. The scientific community, because there's no money to be made off of that. We want money from the vaccines and the government paid for it. So that's how these pharmaceutical companies make their money. Hey, let the government pay for it. We could charge whatever we want. And then the people can pay for it in their form of taxes. But to think that when you, when you elected a crippled president who then cripples us even financially, we were crippled up here. And when a woman flexes her bicep and women and children are looking at that and start saying, America, right? America, Miss America, Mother America, our motherland, she's flexing her bicep and she's working and she's doing something and showing how strong we really are, changes our mindset collectively. Niccolo Machiavelli in the book, The Prince, you guys ever heard of that book? You guys ever hear of Tupac Shakur? And they call him Machiavelli, Machiavelli. All the black people, my sister, hey, have you ever read the book? Huh? What, what are you talking about? They mention the name, but they don't know what it meant. Machiavelli, even though we say that he was demonic, no, he wasn't demonic. He was saying, if you're going to make a deal with somebody, make sure you get a contract. Because in medieval Italy, man, everybody was screwing everybody over. I mean, you want to talk about vendettas? The Italians were the worst. And he said, get contracts. And he was hardcore about, you know, you don't trust anybody. And Niccolo Machiavelli said, the way to control the population is by creating a boogeyman. And you guys might be too young to remember this, but after World War II, what was a boogeyman in America? Communism. Right? A nuclear war with the communists. How do we get into South America? Oh, their governments are becoming communists. We've got to send military forces down there. Communism, communism, communism. Then after communism fell, when Russia fell apart, right? Even though China is still a communist country. That's why I'm like, why are we dealing with the communists when they were the evil empire, right? After Russia fell, or the Soviet Union, right? What was the next boogeyman? Terrorism. And I was at the airport yesterday because I went to, to New York to visit my cousin because he's dying of uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. And I'm a little bit upset because all this research, and we haven't done anything in the last 60 years with Lou Gehrig's. I'm surprised that just people just, they still wither. We don't even have a treatment for it. But I'm still hearing in the, in the airport, due to heightened security, please do not leave any baggages by themselves. I'm thinking... When was the last time we heard of anything about a terrorist? Because now what's the new scare? 
COVID, 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 COVID. Did you get your vaccine? I can't do it. Hey, get your mask on, you know? And I'm thinking, God created an immune system, but do we know how to treat the immune system through foods, right? Anytime you get a viral infection, I don't care if it's herpes, I don't care if it's a common cold, I don't care if it's the flu, jack up your vitamin A to 100,000 international units. Your vitamin D to 100,000 international units. Vitamin C, 10 to 20,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day. And go on a ketogenic diet. All sugar's out because it supports viral uh, spread. And you'll keep these people from going into cytokine storm. You'll get over your flu a lot quicker. And you may not have the symptoms as bad, right? Okay. And then you stimulate the immune system, both the innate and the acquired. And that's how you get a balance in the, in the uh, immune system. It's when the immune system is off balance, like when we get older, we have all these other diseases, that we could be more susceptible to these, to, you know, to, the, to the, um, the after effects of these infections. Now, your doctors are going to say 100,000 international units of vitamin D. You're going to get toxic from that. Okay, jackass, let's see how much you really know, because you went to Harvard Medical School, and I went to Wasamata University, and what does Dr. Cavalier know? If you take a look historically at vitamin D in the 1930s and 40s, they treated psoriatic psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis, which is psoriasis with arthritis. It's the most severe arthritis you can get. They treated it with 100,000 international units of vitamin D a day with vitamin K. People took it for years. Guess what was the only side effect? Raise your calcium a little bit in your blood. That's it. So where's the toxic effects? We forgot. We forgot our past. Wait a minute. Something that was treated routinely, all of a sudden, we demonized it. We see that the Greeks, like Hippocrates, was the founding father of modern medicine. He learned all this stuff from Egypt. Egypt was the empire before Greece. The Greeks invaded. They destroyed them, right? They conquered that empire. What did they do? They took their information, translated it to Greek, destroyed, destroyed the Greek or the Egyptian information, and the Greeks claimed that, oh, no, we discovered this. And over time, we think, oh, see, that's what the Greeks did. That's what we do, man. The pharmaceutical companies... When you start to see these transitions from the 50s and 60s and 70s, oh, ours works just as good. Then they put out articles, oh, ours works better. And then they promote this, and then that's what they teach the young doctors. And before you know it, we forgot all these therapies. And so now we're acclimated to doing this. You see, it, this is all how we're, we're trained how we manipulate our minds and how they manipulate us. And so it, it, you start to see this kind of stuff and saying, why can't you take a natural? Because you can't, make, you can't get a patent on it. It's got to be a modified version. And if you can't get a patent on it, then the FDA won't approve it. And if the FDA doesn't approve it, then it's quackery. Who do they do that to? Galileo. Galileo says, wait a minute, no, no, the earth goes around the sun because the church was saying, no, the sun goes around the earth. 
Well, the Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans knew that the earth went around the sun, right? But when the Roman Empire fell and the, and the church took over, right? They were going to tell this to the people and they're going to believe it. So what happened? Copernicus, 60 years earlier, said, hey, you know, I want to do an experiment. Can I go ahead and use this telescope? And the church said, yeah, sure. So what'd you find, Copernicus? Well, you know, I found that the earth goes around the sun. He said, oh, that's a nice theory. Thank you so much, good boy. I'll go away now, okay? 60 years later, Galileo says, hey, wait a minute. The guy was right. Well, how did you do that? How did you figure that out? Well, I used this telescope. You didn't, did he get your permission? Did he get your permission? No, he didn't get my permission. You didn't get our permission. They were going to execute Galileo unless he took back what he said. See, the church was the authority. You challenged the church and we're going to kill you. You challenged the FDA and we're going to kill you. Now, they may not kill you physically, but they'll make your life happy. What do they do to Dr. Oz? Quackery, always a quack. They got 30 doctors. Everything is 30, 30, 30. And this stuff has been going on since the time of Rome, man. You know, they try to manipulate us. They try to make us think a certain way. And the mind is powerful. And Christ, that was Christ's intention. Is Even the Pharisees, the Jewish religion wasn't... You guys, are, that's not what God wanted. That's why I kept saying that Christ was not some nice guy. He was a rebel, man. He was challenging the establishment. And so my objective here is to get people to start realizing that through Christ, being as Christ is, to think like Christ, to have that Christ mind, to have your heart and emotions, which we're going to be talking about later on in another podcast, your thoughts and your feelings. And like you were saying, you read scripture every morning and it kind of sets the pace of the day. Ignatius of Loyola, which started the Jesuit uh, order, which I got educated by the Jesuits, there's a great book on meditation and contemplation. Meditation and contemplation, meditation and contemplation. Well, isn't that that Eastern religious philosophy stuff? That's kind of mystical. We don't get into that. the saints were talking about meditating and contemplating in the form of prayer. And when these people were praying four to six hours a day, that's what I was telling Joshua, when you pray for, because I wanted to do the spiritual exercises through the Jesuits. They said, you're not ready, man. You can't sit there for four to six hours and pray every day. But if you could pray for 15 minutes every morning, and there's a great book, and what it does is, you take scripture and go put yourself somewhere completely quiet. Maybe light a couple candles and that's your light in the room and just sit quietly and just meditate. So as you're reviewing the scripture, just put yourself in that position. Be there to the point where with your eyes closed through your imagination, you actually start feeling it into your body. And all this thoughts and all this emotion like right now, I'm getting goose pimples thinking of, you start to take the word and you start digging it deeper and deeper and deeper into each cell of your body. Every thought, these chemicals that are getting released. Now, the physiology behind it is it's affecting the chemistry of your body. And you start to go through this form of transmutation, this transformation. And this is how we alter our way of thinking. And so that way we can handle the day. And Ralph Waldo Emerson always said, walk away in a state of prayer. So you're always in a state of prayer. Well, when you're in prayer, 
you're always at peace. So when something bad happens, hopefully you don't react to it. But that's the hardest thing to do. That's why when you said, I can't leave the house without reading script, I am the same way. I got to have my 20 minutes every morning to do that. I have to. And then throughout the day, I go crazy because I look at humans. And that's why I said I got to get a Harley Davidson and go out to Arizona because I need to take it out in the desert. What would Christ do, man? He dealt with society, but he still had to get away and find time to pray by himself. He needed that time away because the frustration of knowing that I created you, but you guys aren't seeing it. That's my frustration. It's like, guys, we have a way to beat the way the system operates. It's a multi-trillion dollar industry. And they're telling us, okay, you got this problem, here's your script. Because that's how these young physicians are being trained. They want to get rid of people like me and people that were older because they can say, well, you know, you don't really need that. You need to do this and you need to do that. That's it. You know. But then again, I have programs for, you know, how to quit smoking without taking drugs. I have ways of losing weight without taking pills or doing these surgeries. Right now, I'm doing a lot of the cosmetic stuff, so I'm doing a lot of the liposuction. And I'm realizing, okay, let's do this, but let's alter our lifestyle. Now, if you're going to spend this kind of money, if you're going to spend $10,000 to get some liposuction taken down, now there's some scientific evidence showing that the way we eat when, we're, when our mothers are pregnant will actually increase the number of fat cells. So now we have more fat cells to feed, and fat cells, when they get hungry, they'll stimulate your appetite. Isn't it fascinating? So this is becoming a vicious cycle, and that's why obesity is now just growing and growing and growing and growing. So I don't have a problem with doing a little liposuction on you, but then after that, you got to start doing something on your own, you know, and that's the ultimate objective for all of us, all of us, and to have this. But, you know, the idea of that state of mind and to meditate and to dwell and the empire is falling and Rome fell, you know, and, and to say that it can't happen to me is when it does happen to us. And even if you did everything right, you could do everything right. You don't know if some war breaks out and something happens. Your son says, Dad, I want to join the Marines. And you say, okay, well, I'll build a little, you know. But then, you know, things are looking good for two years. He's got one more year. He's going to be out. He's going to get some of the benefits of the military. All of a sudden, a war breaks out, and we're sending him over there. And then he comes back with his arm and leg missing, and now you got to take care of him for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? It's just... It, but it's better that we at least attempt to do something good for ourselves because that's what God wanted is at least try because there's always going to be that dark force that's going to come in and try to do something to destroy us. But that's where Christ says, hey, that's okay because guess what? Through the power of forgiveness, we can heal it all. And that's, that's the challenge that we're faced with every, every moment because you may be waking up early and 
you feel good, you read something good and you know, good passage in the Bible and you feel good. And two hours later, you're getting inundated with work and you're listening to Sal Cavalier and you're like, I got to get out of here. I got to go pick up my kid and Sal doesn't want to shut up, you know? And all of a sudden traffic is getting in. All of a sudden it starts to build up and at the end of the day, pow, we lose it, you know? And that's our episode on this podcast for today. We'd like to thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a great review so that we can reach out to others just like yourself. I'd like to thank you for joining us here on HealthQuest. I'm Dr. Sal. Have a wonderful day and God bless.